Now, hopefully you've taken the minute to watch our clip beforehand, and this week's clip, you'll notice, doesn't come from an episode of Mr. Rogers, but an interview he did. In it, Mr. Rogers shares some calming advice his mother gave him as a young child. In times of great disaster or worry, look to the helpers, she said. You will always find people helping. Look for the helpers. <laughs> well, just a little relevant these days, wouldn't you say? I'm pretty sure I've seen the look for the helpers quote shared and posted nearly daily in this past week, and perhaps you have too. And when you hear that phrase, to look for the helpers, who comes to mind? Who's at the top of your list? Did you think of yourself? We often don't, do we? I want to look at some of the common obstacles to helping we seem to run into in our lives. And it's worth noting that these obstacles have quickly been overcome in our country's current pandemic situation, but we'll get to that. Before this current reality set in, it seemed like we were inclined to think that helping is only for the professionals that the things we are able to do or the means we have don't count or aren't enough to be of any real help. It seemed the default responses we'd use were, ugh, well that's just too big of a problem. There's no way I can do enough to help. Or a recognition of the professionals at work, like those police officers, our firefighters and those disaster relief workers, they're heroes. And we sit back, resigning ourselves to the role of merely an onlooker. Now, to be sure, there are critical circumstances where professional help is without a doubt required, and their credit is due. At the same time, I would say that there are far more opportunities for the seemingly ordinary, everyday kinds of help. As I've been talking to friends and family about this reflection, a theme I kept on hearing was that there are so many small, unseen and intangible ways that help is needed in everyday life. We need people to listen to us when we have a problem. We need encouragement when we are down. We need knowledge when we encounter the unknown. There are helpers at work in the neighborhood every day without a huge disaster to run to. There are those who even work in such ways that aim to prevent huge disasters from happening in the first place. And there are also those who simply help as a way of life. We can all be helpers. Maybe we just need to be reminded of it. We only need to consider a few things. What is our circle of influence? Where is their need? And what resources or gifts or passions do we have that can be offered? In his book, Learning to Speak God from Scratch, author Jonathan Merritt uses Mr. Rogers as an example of how one can use their skills and resources to help those around them, whether that's physically or as we know well today, we can reach out to anyone through our wide array of tools of communication. Merritt writes, In the wake of World War II, when men, many of them veterans, 
were having trouble expressing their feelings, Fred Rogers recognized that the children of these quiet giants might also have difficulty expressing their emotions. He worried that the type of programming that was becoming normative would spawn a generation of emotionally bankrupt Americans. Faced with a decision to either sour on television itself or work to better the medium, he chose the latter and began pursuing a career in broadcasting. 14 years later, he created one of the most beloved American television shows of all time. Each day, he stood before a camera and spoke words that, like torches, illuminated his young viewers' minds and shaped entire generations of American children. Fred Rogers knew the power his words contained, which is why he reviewed his shows and scripts with Dr. Margaret McFarland, a professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Pittsburgh. Before taping an episode, a team of child psychology experts reviewed the script's effects on children's cognitive and emotional development. Merritt continues, Rogers' approach to his craft and calling was the result of his Christian faith. Rogers was an ordained minister, and since he left seminary to pursue television, the local branch of his denomination gave him a special commission as an evangelist to children. This unlikely TV evangelist seemed to be always aware that his vocational calling originated from on high. He believed that the space between the television set and the viewer is holy ground, though he trusted God to do the heavy lifting. The wall of his office featured a framed picture of the Greek word for grace, a constant reminder of his belief that he could use television for the broadcasting of grace through the land. And before entering the office each day, Rogers was known to pray, Dear God, let some word that is heard be yours. Well, good for Mr. Rogers, we say. He is incredible. But still, I can't help like that. I'm not ordained, let alone a TV show host. But once again, this does not exclude us from helping. One of Martin Luther's biggest disagreements with the church of his time was that every person has equal access to God, not just the priests. Luther insisted that because we are justified by faith in Jesus alone, we are all priests with direct access to God. And in this way, each person is a minister in their world. Each person is therefore to be as Christ to their neighbor because it is not God who needs our good works, our help. It is always God that is helping us. But in the here and now, the one we are sent out to help is our neighbor in need. Luther would say that we do this through our vocation, our work for the good of the world. So how do we begin or continue helping? As our Good Samaritan text illustrates, it begins by seeing, by noticing. So look around you, even just your immediate surroundings to start. What needs are there? Then consider the means you have and how they might be applied to the need that you see. For the Samaritan, a person was nearly naked and badly wounded. He used the resources he had, oil, wine, 
some bandages, and perhaps these were even just made out of his own clothes. He had transportation. So what resources do you have? And don't forget your soft skills. Eyes to see and ears to listen are one of the most valuable assets we all have. When the Samaritan had done all they could, they got the man to the next person who could help. Once again, we often exclude ourselves because we feel like we can't completely fix the problem we see alone. Well, hear this good news. In this season of Lent, we are reminded that Jesus is on his way to the cross to be the solution for all of us. And in the meantime, I, for one at least, am witnessing the Spirit move through each and every individual, nudging them past any self-doubt to reach out with their own unique way of offering help. I want to share with you some of the ways of helping I've seen come out of this pandemic and its isolating circumstances. And I'm positive this list does not cover everyone. You are helpers. You healthcare workers serving in some of the most high-risk positions possible. You high school grocery employees. You phone tree callers checking in on the older and most isolated. You mail carriers and delivery workers. You Instagrammers sharing helpful tips and inspirational messages. You parents and grandparents caring for, sheltering, and playing with your children, and yes, even still going to work in order to provide. You school workers continuing to educate your students remotely, continuing to provide meals to all who rely on you for more than just classes. You who go live on social media to connect with others in real time when we cannot meet in real life. You kids drawing and painting art to hang up in your windows for people to see as they walk by. You who organize community lists for people to ask for help and get connected with those who are able to help. You who call on your representatives to pass assistance bills and obtain critical resources. You who share tutorials on your favorite activity to help others, trying to learn something new simply to pass the time. You siblings, playing with one another more than you've ever had to before. You who stay home. You are helpers. There's this organization, Peer Ministry Leadership, that I regularly pull resources from when coaching our adult volunteers and leading our young people. And they have a saying that they encourage churches to share with all of their people, and it's this. You are already doing ministry. We just forgot to tell you. You see, no one knows the needs and hurts of your family, your friends, and neighborhood like you do. You are the helper in your neighborhood, both physically and via your social network. If you look for the helpers, you will know there is hope, Mr. Rogers tells us tonight. Well then, the world is full of hope because it is full of helpers. Our community, Prince of Peace, is full of helpers, hope bearers. 
So whenever you finish watching this, I invite you to leave a comment with two things. The first is this. Who is the helper that first came to mind for you from the beginning of the message? Name them, encourage them, because helping is hard. And second, what is a way that you have been or can be a helper in your neighborhood? So do we go to be helpers in the neighborhood, even when that means staying home? We go in peace to serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.